your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And hey, be a friend. Tell a friend about Locked on Leafs. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me every week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, we got a game tonight between the Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. Toronto with a couple of off days to get set for this one, which I think is really, really important for them. This gives them a chance to kind of rest up. This will probably, this is their probably the, the last three pack that they have uh, the rest of the way, I, unless they end up like sweep, getting a sweep in the playoffs and get some extended time. Um, this is the last, you know, good stretch where they were able to get some practices in. And I think that's a really good thing for a guy like, like Nick Foligno. Um, and, and that's kind of something that I'm looking forward to in tonight's matchup is, is, you know, how much better and more comfortable is Felino going to look out there tonight? I understand that he had a whole week to kind of understand how this team plays, to, you know, get the systems. And then he went out there and he played rather admirably, I would say, over the last couple of games. But still, didn't quite have his full legs underneath him since he didn't skate for seven days. But now, I think after a couple of practices, you know, he's been out on the ice for a full week now. He's got his legs underneath him. He's building that chemistry with Matthews and Marner. I'm excited to see what we get out of this guy tonight. That, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to um, for today. So that that's going to be exciting for tonight's matchup. Also, the fact that Toronto, they can clinch a playoff spot tonight. And here is the scenario of how it can happen. They could do it with a regulation win against Montreal and a Canucks regulation loss to Ottawa. So there's uh, there's the Ottawa and Canucks game, which is currently underway uh, right now, or it'll be done by the time that the Leafs game is over, um, or by the time the Leafs game starts, this one should be should be completed. So you know, by the time the Leafs actually hit the ice, they should know whether it's a win and we're in type of game. And if it is win and we're in. I expect this to be a massive, massive game for Toronto. I think they'll go out there like gangbusters and just get things going. I'm excited. I think tonight's going to be a fun game. Um, It's a potential playoff primer too. Like you think about it, the Maple Leafs, although we're talking about just clinching a playoff spot, it's very likely that A, they clinch it, and B, they'll end up with the top spot. I don't think anyone's that concerned. I know I'm not uh, here at, at Locked On Leafs. I'm not that concerned that the Maple Leafs are going to go, you know, off an 18 wheeler and A, fall out of the playoffs or even fall out of the top spot. I think they're going to end up winning the division, especially since Edmonton and Winnipeg, who are going up against each other right now in a little tiny series. You know, they're kind of taking points away from each other in the chase against Toronto. Hopefully those don't turn into three-point games, but, uh, you know, it just means that they both can't chase. So I think Toronto in a pretty good situation here going up against a Habs team uh, in a potential playoff primer against a team that they could be facing in the first round. They have a chance to clinch, and 
it's Montreal's a little shorthanded at that as well. You know, they they're going to be without Jonathan Drouin. Brandon Gallagher's been out with his broken thumb. Carey Price still not out there. Uh, so Jake Gallon's going to be in net. Like those are three massive components to this team. Um, and, and for those who haven't seen or don't follow um, the Montreal Canadiens news, real interesting that today they announced that Jonathan Drouin is going to be out. Uh, he's taking a leave of absence for personal reasons. So whatever uh, whatever's going on with with Jonathan Drew and I I'm not too sure exactly what it is. Obviously, um, personal reasons, you're not going to try and pry that out of him, but he's not going to be in the lineup tonight also for the foreseeable future as his return is indefinite. And if he's leaving the team, I'd be curious when he comes back, he'll have to probably go through some sort of intake process where he'll probably miss a, a week and have to test a bunch of times to, to get a negative test before actually rejoining the team. So that's kind of a little interesting tidbit here with Montreal. But, you know, without Gallagher, without Carey Price, Drew in obviously out tonight. Thomas Tatar is going to be a game-time decision. Like, Montreal is a very shorthanded squad coming into tonight's game. So, you know, there's a lot that's going right in in Toronto's favor today. And, and if the Canucks end up dropping that game against Ottawa, they can easily get the win easily get the win something I am excited about though when it comes to Montreal and and this game specifically we should get a chance to watch Cole Caulfield if you guys aren't familiar with who he is he made his NHL debut the other night he is maybe one of the smallest people that I have ever laid eyes on on a hockey rink a professional NHL hockey rink like this guy is like Nathan Gerby type short but man, does he have hands like this guy. They call him Goal Caulfield, and it's for a reason. He could score, and he's so much fun. I remember watching him in the, the World Juniors, and, and he's just a great goal scorer. And also, when he was in, in college, um, scored a whole bunch of goals and, and won the Hobie Baker Award this past season. So, you know, he is an, an exciting talent for the Montreal Canadiens, who are desperate for offense. Um, let's let's be honest here. They don't really have a dynamic team when it comes to goal scoring. And they get a guy like Caulfield who's now entering his second NHL game. Uh, I- I'm excited to see what this kid's got. You know, hopefully he doesn't score because he don't want them to, to score on Toronto. But, you know, as a hockey fan... I am excited to watch him uh, watch him play tonight. You know, he he's someone who I'm definitely going to have my eyes on and, and see what he can do here in the NHL level. There's some thought that, you know, the reason why he slipped in the draft a little bit was because he's just a little too small, right? Like this guy's like five. I think he's listed as as five seven, um, and that might be with skates on. So uh, we'll see what he can end up doing tonight against a team that they've been pretty physical as of late. Right, like you, you think about the Maple Leafs, they've been playing a physical playoff brand of hockey, and it's it's been nice, uh, nice to see. That's for sure. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll talk about some of the things that I'm 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 looking forward to watching tonight. Also, do my my three keys to the game, and then the NHL uh, signed a new TV rights partnership in the United States. So I'll talk about how that may affect things going forward uh, in terms of the salary cap and in terms of growing the sport of hockey and how this is uh, a really good deal that that the NHL and that Gary Bettman has been able to swung between uh, uh, Turner Sports and ESPN, who now both have uh, joint broadcast rights with the NHL uh, starting next season. We'll take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll chat about tonight's game, get the three keys, and then discuss the new TV deal. 
All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program with you and Maple Leafs taking on the Montreal Canadiens tonight uh, at, I believe it's at the Bell Center, if I'm not mistaken. I will quickly double check. Probably should have known whether or not that was, but yes, it is at the Bell Center tonight. Uh, So a little road game before tomorrow night coming back to Toronto to host the Vancouver Canucks. So this is a game that was kind of just thrown into the schedule and uh, now gives them a, a back-to-back. And Jack Campbell's going to start tonight's game, which I think is interesting. I I, I really, that's something that I'm, I'm looking at. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to start Campbell night one, which means that he's clearly their, their number one goalie. But Campbell typically gets that second start regardless. The fact that they're starting him night one, leads me to believe that one of two things. They're rolling with Jack. Could we see Anderson tomorrow? I, I, I wonder if we could see Anderson tomorrow. I haven't heard much. I know on Monday uh, we talked and, and he said, uh, you know, he was chatting with the media. But there hasn't really been a timetable for when he was coming back. But, I mean, in the NHL, they never really give timetables. They say, yeah, we'll see. And then, like, three days later, they're in the lineup. It's really bizarre and strange. But he's had a couple of practices, full practices with the Leafs. I doubt we see him tomorrow, but uh, I'd be curious. But Jack Campbell will get the start tonight. And here's a couple of things that I'll be watching for on Toronto's end. I want to see how Sandine looks after getting a lot of praise from from his play from his teammates, from the coaching staff, from the media. You know, we've been pumping his tires quite a bit over the course of the last few days, I would say. Really uh, basically just raving about that reverse hit on Blake Wheeler Saturday night. And since then, it's been a lot of uh, pumping the tires of Sandine. I want to see if he ends up getting an expanded role tonight. I'll be curious if Sheldon Keefe decides to see if he can handle a bigger load, handle some bigger minutes, it's more responsibilities and see if he gets, you know, a matchup tonight, which I'm sure he will, right? They are the away team, so Montreal's going to have last change. And and I would be shocked if uh if they don't try and and pick on the Sandine Dermot pairing a little bit and send out their top guns um when that pairing is out there just to see if they can try and take advantage. And if that's the case, I want to see if Sandine can handle it. That's what I'm excited to see. Uh, how he looks here in, in another game, has had a couple of days of practices, probably had a chance to watch some film um, and talk with the coaches and figure out what he what he could improve on over the last couple nights. You know, he's he's only played roughly 13, 14 you know, minutes um, over the course of the last couple of games. I want to see him get a little bit more playing time too. So that's something that I will be looking forward to to seeing tonight. I kind of touched on it earlier today, Nick Foligno. I, I'm excited to see what, what he's got after getting a couple of good practices in, see if he's built some chemistry on that top line with Matthews and Marner. Um, but also the second line, and if they can keep up their hot play, like Tavares and Nylander have really played exceptional hockey over the last like couple of weeks, like John Tavares um, ha- has been really good, and it's funny. I apparently he's been playing with a different stick. I I, I got to figure out the full story on this, but I saw William Nylander was asked the other day about 
you know, why Tavares uh, feels better about his game, why he's playing so much better now than he was earlier in the year. And he said, you know, now, well, he's got a new stick. He's now got a stick that he's more comfortable and confident with, and he's shooting more, and he feels like every time he shoots the puck, he's got a good chance to score. And, and I mean, that's the way he's playing. He looks a lot more confident. He looks more fluid. He looks like, I mean, the, the top echelon player that Toronto thought they were signing. You know, he, he went through a little bit of a lull earlier this season, and he took some. He took a beating from the media, but he kept it rolling. Didn't really let it affect him, um, and he worked through his troubles. And now, over the last couple of weeks, they've they've been really good. That line as a whole has been great between Tavares and Nylander. So uh, excited to see if they can keep up their hot play. Galchenyuk back on that line too. And interestingly enough, he came out and said that he felt like his game had dropped off over the course of the last couple of couple of outings and, and I'd have to agree I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before um, Tony has as well and in, in a couple of our post games that Galchenyuk somewhat starting to fall back down to earth a little bit which was expected but the, we were just hoping that it doesn't happen um, but he acknowledged it himself today in his media availability he said you know he knows that he hasn't played as well as he was earlier in the season. Um, and that he's got to get back to to playing some good fundamental hockey. Sheldon Keith mentioned that uh, he, you know his play in the defensive zone is is really what he think has dropped off a little bit over the course of the last couple of games, and that he's got to kind of just refocus and make sure that he he does the little details that they ask of this team, you know, defensively, um, and and that line as a whole. Can, can do that so he knows that he's got to give 110 percent each and every night if he wants to stick in the top six and give himself an opportunity to kind of fight his way back into an nhl role with a team because he's, he's a ufa at the end of the season and if he ends up dropping out of this top six i don't know where else he sets up in this lineup where he's going to have a chance to to showcase himself for a contract next year so he knows he's got to get it going and i mean tonight against the Montreal Canadiens like that's it's kind of personal right this is a team that drafted him and then traded him when when they thought that he couldn't get it done basically said yeah we don't think you're that good we're gonna trade you for Max Domi who's gonna be better for our organization so that's you know kind of personal for Galchenyuk uh, to go out there and perform against Montreal so hopefully that second line can keep it going and, and Chucky can get back to playing some good fundamental hockey and uh, we can we can have a solid solid top six, first line, second line. Keep the bottom six rolling as well. Uh, that fourth line's been great, and and it's not going to be touched. We'll take a look at the lines for tonight. Um, so it's going to be Felino, Matthews, Marner, Galchenyuk, Tavares, and Nylander. And then McKayev, Kerfoot, and Wayne Simmons will be your third line. Thornton, Adam Brooks, and Jason Spezza as the fourth line. And they've been really good the last few games. I like this fourth line a lot. So Pierre Engvall seemingly has lost his job uh, and lost his, his chance to stick in this lineup here uh, as Adam Brooks has emerged as a quality fourth line center. That's done really well uh, between Thornton and Spezza. So we'll see what this lineup looks like again once once Zach Hyman gets back and how they end up getting everyone going and, and fits everyone into this lineup. 
but we'll see. Uh, Riley, Brody, Muzzin, Hall, and Dermot, and Sandine. Well, Sandine on the left, Dermot on the right. Uh, so no change when it comes to the defensive pairings. And then, as I mentioned before, Jack Campbell will be getting the start in goal, and uh, Dave Riddick will be will be backing up. So not not Freddie Anderson, but I do wonder when he does come back. Like I said, they got a back to back tomorrow night. Um, I, I'd imagine that Riddick starts it, but I wonder if Anderson could. Because we now know that he wants to get a couple of games in somehow before the season's over. And, uh, I mean, back-to-back nights. And the Canucks are playing on back-to-back nights too, right? They're underway today. They'll be playing. So they'll also be a tired squad. So perhaps maybe that is a, a game that they could get him into. But I don't know if he's ready. Like I said, he just kind of had his first full practice the other night. So... He may not even be ready to hit the ice uh, in game time quite yet. Still probably needs to see a little bit of rubber. But I think we will see it before this season uh, comes to an end. All right. Uh, Really quickly, I'll go through the three keys for Toronto. Number one, I think they need to just get out to a quick start. Put the pressure on Montreal um, to, to try and come back into this game. Like I said, they don't really have a lot of offense. So if they trail... You know, one, two, three, nothing in this game. It's going to be tough for them to come back. They do have Tyler Toffoli. I understand 25 goals on the year. But outside of that, they got a whole lot of nada. Unless Goal Caulfield decides to show up tonight and uh, prove that, that he is going to be an exceptional NHL talent that they're expecting him to be. But I still think that the Leafs get out to a quick start, get an early lead, and then from there, they can lock things down. Because that seems to be... Their best case scenario and the best way that they can play. When they do that, they get out to an early lead, and then they don't have to cheat. They don't have to, to cheat defensively to try and create offense because they got it early, and then they just sit back, play structured, play well, and keep it to like a 3-1, 3-2 type style game. Um, secondly, be physical. Toronto's played a very physical brand of hockey out in Winnipeg over the last couple of games. Keep it going against a team that you'll likely see in round one of the playoffs. Don't let the guys like like Anderson and Shea Weber, Corey Perry, Yol Armia, uh, Ben Sherrod. Don't let these guys impose their will on you. Dish it back. We've seen over the last couple of games, guys like Sandine hitting the reverse hit. You know, Simmons, Thornton. Uh, Galchenyuk even got a little bit, uh, got a little a couple of hits in there. You know, I, I think that this team play that bl- playoff brand of hockey and get it going now and and act like you're in the playoffs because it's this is the final stretch. It's time to get going and uh, play physical against a team that you'll be you'll be seeing in a couple of weeks, and then they'll remember. And eh, this isn't going to be an easy night. It's not going to be an easy night. They're not the soft Maple Leafs that they were a couple of months ago. They're a tough team now. Tough team. And they're playing like it. And I think they should again tonight. And thirdly, keep everyone fresh. It's night one of a back-to-back. Let's have some short shifts. Maybe get a little bit more playing time for the third pair. Get Rasmus Sandin and Travis Dermott a little more ice time, which means a little less ice time for the top four pairings, who seemingly are playing over 20 to 25 minutes a night. Give them a little bit of rest. You know, like I said, they're not the Montreal Canadiens are not playing well right now. They're kind of floundering down the stretch. So if there is a night where 
not necessarily give these guys a night off, but a chance where you don't have to overexhaust them, especially in a back-to-back situation. I think this is a good chance to do it and to give those bottom four uh, or that bottom pair, you know, a good 16, 17 maybe minutes tonight, but then also allow your third and fourth line to get some good minutes as well. But again, you can only do that if the team gets out to a quick start and an early lead and then you can worry about uh, just protecting a lead and giving guys some minutes. But those are my three keys to win tonight. I think the Leafs do win tonight. My prediction is going to be 4-2. I think Alex Galchenyuk finds the back of the net as well. That is my prediction on tonight. Um, We'll take one more quick break, and when we return, uh, I'll quickly discuss what's going on with this new NHL rights deal and how this impacts the NHL and the Maple Leafs going forward. Stay tuned here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. First, we'll hear from our show sponsors, betonline.ag. All right, welcome back to Locked on Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. And just a reminder, this is the only Maple Leafs daily podcast out in the media land. So make sure if you're a big-time media or a big-time Leafs buff that you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from so you can get that daily Leafs fix and that daily Leafs listen here from Locked on Leafs. All right, um, so... Some of you might be American, some of you, most of you probably Canadian, so, you know, you're not going to, most people aren't going to care about uh, the the U.S. distribution or the U.S. uh, broadcast rights with the NHL. I understand that this is just kind of, you know, some people just like to watch hockey and don't care about the politics or the economics of it all, but at the end of the day, this is a really important deal for the NHL. And even more so important now than it was a year and a half ago. More than it was March 1st of 2020. Obviously, we are all aware of how much impact the pandemic has had financially on, I mean, not just the the sports world, because obviously, yes, but like the whole world in general has been financially impacted, unless you're, you know, like Amazon or Walmart, (laughs) but that's a different story. But the NHL has taken a big hit, um, and the owners have taken a big hit, and uh, the way that the the league and, and the players have really discussed how the owners can somewhat get some of that money back, because this is a 50-50 league share, so 50% of revenue is supposed to go to the players, 50% is supposed to go to the league. Well, since COVID hit, and we don't have a gate this year, they lost a lot of money also last year. They're not playing as many games. There's not as many broadcasts. And they've lost out on a lot of money. And the revenue sharing is not 50-50 because the league still had an $81.5 million salary cap. And that wasn't a 50-50 share. So the reason why there's a flat cap over the next couple of seasons is to kind of level that out so that the team... The, the, the NHL has to pay more in escrow over the next couple of seasons until they've worked off their, their debt, kind of, until they get to the point where they're back and even. Then they can work on moving the the uh, the cap, salary cap back up. But what this deal does, and uh, this is a deal, so we knew about the ESPN deal that was made a couple of months ago, um, seven-year contract, and then there was... Another 
team or another um, media company that was going to come in and, and take the other half of the, the partnership because ESPN took like four years of the Stanley Cup and, and took 50% of this and that and the other. And then there was going to be another team, whether it was Fox, whether NBC was going to re-up with them. But it turned out to be Turner Sports who is coming out and uh, and they're going to be the second rights holder uh, with them in joint venture with ESPN as the NHL's U.S. TV deal partners. And so um, between the two, Turner Sports and ESPN, the NHL is going to get over $600 million a year for these broadcast rights, which is massive. That is more than double what they were getting from NBC over the last few seasons. And so what that is going to do to the salary cap is it's going to escalate the whole flat cap issue. There was a thought that we would probably see a flat cap for as many as five seasons, and that was going to be really troublesome for the Maple Leafs to take it back home because, obviously, we've gone ahead and made a bunch of signings, you know, Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and we made a whole bunch of Maple Leafs, a, a big-time signings with the expectation that the cap was going to keep going up incrementally like it had done over the uh, since the cap came into existence. It's never flattened. It's always gone up. And now it's it's you know it was projected to be a five year flat cap or as many as five years. But with what this TV deal does is it takes a big chunk of that revenue, and, and that's just more money that comes into the league, which will help facilitate the league and the players getting back to that fifty fifty threshold and allow the salary cap to. In, in, incrementally go up over time a lot sooner. I don't think it's going to happen next year. I, that's I don't next year. I think it's it, there's still you know the fact that there was no fans in stands in, in a majority of of states and and provinces and, and these teams this season. It also wasn't a hundred percent capacity either anywhere. Um, even the playoffs, we're not sure if we're going to have fans in the stands of the playoffs. It may have to be bubbled up, which which would be a kind of an issue in itself, but you know, there are some, some issues there as well that they, they can't withstand a bunch of COVID positives and push games back and push, you know, rounds and then the finals and the playoffs back in general, because this thing's got to be done before the summer Olympics, because the Olympic rights holders are the same holders in the U S and Canada as the NHL rights holders. So that, that there's a timeline that the Stanley Cup playoffs has to be finished at. And the easiest way to ensure that and that it doesn't get interrupted with COVID cases, like we saw happen where teams had to take like weeks off at a time or, you know, miss three games in a row or whatever it was. The only way to ensure that would be a bubble. And if you do that, again, that's going to cost more money. So I doubt that this new TV rights deal is going to have immediate impact on the salary cap, but I believe that we'll see it escalate a lot sooner than initially it was planned on. Probably maybe like two or three years of a flat cap, and then we'll see it go up maybe in like 2022, 23, we could see it go up. But I think, you know, next season it'll probably once again be $81.5 million. So, Again, I, I, I'm not as privy, I guess, to like a lot of the internal information. Um, apparently, it, it also depends on how the money is 
how the the deal is structured that could have impact on on how everything works out if there's a lot of upfront money that perhaps that allows them to get to that 50 50 threshold with the owners and players a lot sooner um so it, it does also depend on how it's structured as to how soon we can see the salary cap start going up and and for the maple leafs the sooner the better you know like this summer already they're up against it and they still got Zach Hyman that they got to sign. Uh, Dermot will technically be uh, an RFA with a contract that's got to get signed. You know, Freddie Anderson, maybe, ha- you know, he's going to be a, a UFA. He's got to get signed. And if not Freddie, they still are going to have to find a-, a goaltender to pay to come in. You know, and, and you know, th- there's just a lot of of uh, issues when it comes to the Maple Leafs and, and the way the cap situation has unfolded over the course of a little bit that makes things difficult uh, which which I think is also a reason why we should be praising Brandon Pridham and uh, Kyle Dubas for the way that they've been able to put this put this team and this roster together being so tight up against the cap without even knowing until you know obviously there nobody had any idea that this pandemic was going to have this long lasting effect um, especially when you know before things got shut down, no one knew back when when Nylander signed his deal or when Matthews or Tavares signed their deal that two years, three years from now it was going to be a flat cap. Clearly, nobody knew that, but they adapted. They signed guys like Tavares or uh, like Spezza, like Thornton, uh, Bogosian, all to like cheap seven hundred thousand, one million dollar deals, and were somehow able to you know get the cap under the $81.5 million threshold and uh, put together a team that, that is a Stanley Cup contender at the end of the day. Um, but hopefully, again, this new TV deal can allow this cap to go up and uh, you know not stay stagnant for, for many years. And, and the, the Leafs can get themselves you know kind of out of this cap issue where they're right up against it and will be for the next few years and they're not the only team half of the league is right up against it so it's not just toronto that's going to benefit the whole league is going to benefit and at the end of the day it also puts more money in players pockets and if you're pro player you got to be happy with this deal and above all else the fact that they were able to secure a partnership with two different media rights holders and media companies in in the states and two premier ones like turner sports which has you know tb tnt and and cbs um and espn that's just going to give you more exposure to the american audience and give the nhl a chance to expose themselves to some new eyeballs and maybe get some new fans and really grow the game it is 100 percent definitely uh, down the pecking order when it comes to the four major sports in North America, right? That's you know football number one, basketball, uh, baseball, and then hockey comes in at a distanced fourth, in my opinion. I think most would agree. But getting the exposure on these massive platforms like Turner and ESPN, I think, is going to be huge and a chance for the NHL to really grow the game uh, to other other audiences. And just the competition between the fact that you have two different rights holders. I've chatted with some American, some American family and friends, um, and and you know people I work with. Apparently, the NBC broadcasts were quite garbage and very, very simple, like just simplistic. 
broadcast because there was no competition and and it didn't really matter <laughs> to them. Uh, it wasn't a a uh, you know the NHL and, and hockey didn't seem like something that they took pride in and, and it, it showed. So the fact that they have now competition with two different entities with ESPN and Turner. They'll be fighting to uh, put on better product, to, to put a better brand forward for the NHL, gives you more exposure, and all else puts more money in the pockets of the league, which in turn will help initiate an escalation in the salary cap sooner rather than later. To bring it back locally certainly helps the Maple Leafs. All right. Um, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked on NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked on hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow night. Leafs, Habs, tonight at the Bell Center. You can watch it on Sportsnet. Uh, You can listen to it if you're local here on TSN 1050 Radio. 8 p.m. puck drop. Note it. 8 p.m., not 7. 8 p.m. Eastern puck drop in Montreal. Go Leafs, go. Enjoy the game, folks. I'll catch you around here tomorrow. Uh, Tony Ferrar. No, actually, I believe it's going to be uh, Dave Morissuti who's going to do the post-game show with me for you guys tomorrow. So check back for that one. And until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.